Hello, my name's Ella. This is the fourth episode of my podcast, exploring nutrition-based multi-level marketing schemes, and I'm really excited to share this episode because I was able to actually reach out to a journalist that works for The Atlantic and wrote a really interesting piece on multi-level marketing schemes and as part of a big conspiracy um, expose that The Atlantic did, and she was so amazing, helped me out tremendously, so um, it's a little bit different than the previous three episodes. They mostly focus on supplements and dietary add-ons. The company that we focus on today is more of an essential oil um, company. That's kind of what they're mainly known for selling and known for pushing. However, there's a lot of false health claims in addition to um, products that are more like the supplements and, you know, food add-ons that you see in the previous three episodes. But mainly they push uh, essential oils. Regardless of this, they have some really interesting um claims from their ambassadors that extend from um, just pushing like expensive products, um, is this a pyramid scheme or not, to uh, really like making dangerous, like we can cure cancer with this, um, implying also that their essential oils can, uh, quote, cure autism, um, as well as Ebola. Uh, My sources here are truth and advertising. We'll get into this a little bit later, but um, like always, the episodes are sourced on my website um, under episode four in the Works Cited page, but you can also find it in the resources section. I just think it's easier through Works Cited. Let's get into Young Living. What are they? Let's say you are someone who is just living their life. Someone approaches you, maybe selling it, or maybe offering you a really nice business deal. Um, What's it all about? And is it good to join? Are the products expensive and making false claims that end up... um, you know, you're spending more money than you need to, or is this a really miraculous product that is a really reputable uh, company to purchase from, and, you know, you can just really feel good about what's going on. Let's figure it out. Uh, That sounds biased. I'm not trying to make it biased. Uh, I'm on their website right now, just their straight-up homepage, Uh, If you want to follow along with me, uh, all you have to do is search youngliving.com. If you need further clarification, it's the essential oil company. Um, I know there's a lot of organizations with similar names. And at first glance, it kind of looks just like a company that sells essential oils. Uh, Quickly, you notice that at the top of the page, there's a become a member, sign in, And there's a page of the entire website dedicated to member benefits. So that's a little bit of a red flag right there in terms of pyramid scheme activity or multi-level marketing scheme activity. It just shows that there's maybe somewhat of a 
a structure going on where you have to like pay in to get something and I guess I want to distinguish between um, looking at a company that sells something and looking at a membership benefit it's not automatically a red flag I mean my mom has a Costco membership I'm not complaining about that and I love Costco I guess the thing about Costco is that you have the store and then you have everybody who's allowed to shop in there with things like this you look at member benefits you open up the tab and it says compensation plan like bridge to gold it's automatically offering the member benefits not as kind of a, an exclusive ticket into a certain pool of customers but it's offering a membership as a way to climb up. And if there's any indication of climbing up, I don't think there's a way to up your Costco membership by buying a certain amount of product. So that distinction between the two is kind of another red flag that you should watch out for. The real claim of truth as to whether these companies are uh, scamming or unethical is really in the legal documents and the claims that the people that maybe have worked for the, these companies and left or have purchased from these companies, those are the real testimonies. And I've tried to include them in my website. Back to all these fabulous membership benefits. You have this bridge to gold. Um, I, it's it's the same thing as all of these other things. You have to you have to earn this thing by acquiring a certain number of points, very similar to the Plexus PV points. These are called OGV points. It's just kind of an arbitrary currency that they assign to kind of cover up the fact that I bet these OGVs correlate to the amount of product that you purchase per month sales that you make per month and or in any combination um, how many people you recruit per month. Uh, usually there's some kind of multiplier if there's tiers just like in Plexus. If you look at the website you see that there is a tiers of distributors. So immediately you have your red flag confirmed by um, looking just straight up into their own pages and seeing that there is a pyramid structure to the way that their company is set up. And that's just something to be aware of when you're making decisions um, as to whether to trust or not in uh, as joining, like, membership-wise, a company like this. Um, just like we talked about in the Arburn episode as well, uh, something like this if it's so easy to join and promote the products, like, if you are not a qualified health professional, like, how is anybody else supposed to also be expected to be qualified and, like, sell these products? Um, I don't mean that to, like, be mean or anything. It's more to say, like, if you're making these health claims and you're guiding people on this health journey and you're advising them on nutritional advice that's not regulated by the FDA, like, it needs to be something given with the advice of your nutritionist or your dietitian or your physician. And a lot of these companies aren't 
responsible for what their employees say, and so they can push these ideas of false living claims. Truth in advertising does a lot, again, with these um, kinds of multi-level marketing-esque companies and these false health claims that they make. So with this episode, it's really all about focusing on the danger that false claims present. And it kind of goes beyond just roping people into this idea that, you know, you can cure your incurables with these natural supplements that only come from one place that you have to exclusively buy into, which justifies the high price. But don't worry, because there's so many deals, and if you want to join the company, you can move up. It goes beyond that. So for this episode, I had the absolute pleasure of getting to interview slash talk to, have a conversation with. As I was researching around for this podcast, kind of in the initial stages of things going on and figuring things out, not really looking for anything in particular, I came across this expose of uh, Shadowland by The Atlantic. And Shadowland is a project quote, about conspiracy thinking in America. And I am a sucker for conspiracy theories. Part of the reason why I have this podcast is because breaking down these company structures that are, you know, MLMs, Ponzi schemes, etc., breaking down these structures um, is sort of like a little puzzle and a pyramid scheme. But Caitlin Tiffany, uh, the author of this Atlantic article, went way further than I ever thought could be imaginable with um, going into how these multi-level marketing schemes function and the dangers that they present. So the article is titled, This Will Change Your Life, and I just want to kind of like go over this real quick um, because our interview was so interesting and I want to give a background about the context of our interview and like what I'm asking about. It's a little less health-focused, but this will change your life. Why the grand voice promises of multi-level marketing and QAnon conspiracies go hand-in-hand. Very fascinating article. I really recommend checking it out, as well as her other pieces. Um, She has one other on multi-level marketing schemes that we're going to check out in a second on this episode. But she also does a really really good job of covering, like, conspiracy work and tech and... um, She's really cool. Really recommend checking her out. And she was a huge help. Uh, Not only did we talk about her work and her article, but she also gave me a lot of great advice in investigating and looking into this. Um, Really helpful. So we're going to have a little bit of fun in this episode. So put on your tinfoil hats for a second. I'm going to give a little bit of an unqualified explanation of our little background of what I'm going into, please refer to my uh, website under the references section um, of this episode if you want to learn more about this from news sources and, you know, do your research with reputable news sources, but I'm just going to give a quick overview for the sake of this episode. So, uh, QAnon, may have heard of him, has been driving the U.S. in a frenzy recently. I think he's been relatively silent recently, either that or been really distracted with stuff, and I haven't heard much about him in the 
Republican sphere recently, but basically, if you don't know, QAnon is this um, uh, account on the internet uh, run by supposedly one person um, that claims that he is a agent that's you know, really high up within the government or the CIA or something like that, Anon is for anonymous, Q, or just, you know, uh, it's it's all about government conspiracies. QAnon is not a government high up. The stuff that he releases is stuff about um, child sex trafficking and how the celebrities in Hollywood are these, like, sex trafficking underground leaders and Congress is in it and, like, Donald Trump is going to save the world and it's a lot of, like, really inflammatory and dangerous stuff, kind of, like, the deeper you delve into it. But, um, as uh, Caitlin Tiffany says in her article, there's a lot of subtle... QAnon propaganda that accidentally gets spread around, and it's actually really dangerous. It says, it claims a lot of false statistics, and it kind of leads people down this rabbit hole of, um, that gets to, like, a really dark place, um, and kind of, like, overshadows the real issues that are present. Young Living, um, are, brand of the day known for essential oils um, provides people with a way to, you know, own their own business, selling products they love. If you're new to essential oils, the belief is that um, at best people like to use them to scent their home or area. Um, Kind of, you know, there's different beliefs that scents can uh, ease stress, uh, or anxiety, or help with sleep, etc. Some say that they have, like, antimicrobial properties, which is to be debated. Yeah, there's some claims that it can also help with health and fitness and, um, like, energy boosting. There's a lot of skincare claims. Um, so you kind of have to navigate your way around knowing what's what in terms of um, being able to recommend different products. So what sets this company apart from the other companies a little bit, the other companies are somewhat marketing themselves as an alternative, like, not replacement for your doctor, but they're they're claiming a lot of medical um, things and cures that can be enhanced by certain supplements. I feel like essential oils kind of have this, like, holisticness about them that just kind of, like, separates them from making things, like, into a pill. Now, the thing is, is that it's so hard to tell with these companies because, as we've seen with a lot of of these other, um, you know, I say MLMs, um, a lot of these other companies are, you know, putting these same kinds of just, you know, semi, well, like, low-studied ingredients and, um, you know, charging a high price for them. So it's kind of actually, you know, these things might be just the same thing in a different container. Um, 
I have not like gone deep enough to uncover that, but I think in like future endeavors, that would definitely be something to look into. Like, even if some company is, you know, selling oils more than supplements, um, you know, Auburn was more into the protein shakes, Plexus, you know, had a little more pill action going on. Herbalife is smoothies and protein shakes and teas and stuff. These are essential oils. I mean, what are the common ingredients that like tie all these together that make it just kind of like the same thing repackaged in a different expensive way that relies on unwilling ambassadors? I guess that's the question that we're trying to figure out. So let's see if we can cover this in the podcast. Um, you can follow along using the website as always, but if you look at their essential oil guide, there are ways to use them in all different areas that I just discussed, and I think you can take it as you will, um, if you believe, or not believe, but, you know, if this is something that works for you and you feel knowledgeable about this, great, um, If it's a placebo thing, great. For me, I like the smell. We're looking back at the essential oils. So let's just chat real quick about the Young Living. A lot of the stuff about the pyramid structure or not itself with the ambassadorship is pretty much the same thing as Plexus, same thing as Arbonne, same thing as Herbalife. They have these point systems and ranking systems. If you look at their blog, very similar to Arbonne as well. They have all of the content that is supposed to be the information, you know, that is like proving that this is a legitimate company and that the price is justified. You can look at this one. It's linked on my website um, called Three Reasons Not to Buy Drugstore Essential Oils. So this is kind of like giving you why they're product is the best. There are some valid points. Um, You know, a lot of time with cheaper drugstore-like products, it's probably not sustainable. It's probably not made with ethical labor. And, you know, they claim that their products are sustainably sourced and, um, well, nothing about ethical sourcing. But, you know, progress, right? So, if you look at their website, you know, they have on our blog, you know, how to, you know, support women's heart health. So they have um, a supplement. It's not an essential oil. You get 40 capsules, um, and it's supposed to promote women's heart health, um, like the article title says. So there's a lot of flashy words in this article. Um, Much like Arbonne's, Arbonne's blog, you don't have sources to things that kind of like prove their product's reputability, they have a source to the fact that heart disease is the number one death cause of death for women in the United States. So you have their essential oil that has um, a link to an ingredient that they have in it, um, omega-3 fatty acids, and there is a link, helpfully, that links to the American Stroke Association, um, which does not necessarily prove their case that their product, this fennel oil, is something that is, you know, going going to prove it. You have to go search for yourself. And, you know, there's also just the general um, 
information that we saw with the Arbon 30 days. I know that we're jumping back and forth between episodes, but it kind of shows how similar these companies are. And once you kind of like peel back the curtain of one, it's a little bit easier to notice the patterns. So another pattern, this company is promoting, you know, on their blog, you know, this supporting heart health is get, you know, eight hours of sleep per night. Um, don't use, don't smoke or use tobacco, avoid excessive alcohol use, live an active lifestyle. They're all just like very general, um, health and nutrition tips that just kind of give a, give a, they're, it's not bad advice, like you should follow it. But the issue becomes, um, in addition to get eight to six to eight hours of sleep, you're also recommended to, uh, utilize the, uh, 1 through 10 in any combination essential oils for your bedtime routine. And it just kind of like promotes this idea that you have to like buy in this company to achieve the idea that they want to promote by their own people. And it, it just, like I said with all of these other companies, it just doesn't sit right with me. So if you're someone, you know, looking to buy these products or you're looking to, um, you know, start a company, it might be worth looking into, like, what you're actually buying into and um, just without getting into all of the conspiracy things, like, to me, this website and this company has had enough kind of you know, things that stand out to me in terms of, you know, the membership structure, the really high prices, the um, ingredients that aren't really just clearly explained in the products. Um, Now, that being said, like, omega-3 fatty acids are, you know, you can find research that supports that. The link to those articles is going to be on my website under the Works Cited page, so just go check that out. So let's get into this heart health supplement a little bit. They have a pill bottle. Um, It's called Cardiogize. You can find it on my website, on their website, as in the link to their website is on my website. If you don't want to look it up, totally fine. Um, You know, they have their key ingredients, um, which are a lot of natural ingredients, and I don't really want to knock holistic medicine because there is a value to, um, you know, seeing raw and, like, natural plants as valuable within the medical community. I mean, the majority of medicines are made or sourced, like, from plant materials. Uh, Like, chemistry and, like, pharmacy is, you know, based a lot in, like, botany and... um, extracting different materials from different plants. So when they say like the key ingredients are garlic extract, like there, I, I'll link it on my website, but there is proof that, you know, garlic is connected to heart health. Um, um, I have this paper right here, but um, the title of the paper, I'll link it on my article, uh, is Antimicrobial Properties of Garlic Oil Against the Human Enteric Bacteria evaluation of methodologies in comparison with garlic oil, sulfides, and garlic powder. So there, the paper too long didn't read, like there are, um, beneficial effects to the active ingredient in garlic, um, 
which, you know, is, you know, related, like, it's used and related to treat heart and uh, blood pressure conditions. So, that being said, like, Young Living, great job. Garlic extract, perfect natural ingredient for, like, a um, heart-healthy supplement. The thing is, uh, here we have um, another active ingredient, COQ10. Now, I have this paper right here. Um, if you look it up, just as an overview, it's coenzyme Q10. You can naturally source it from yeast. So, like I said, like, no problem with that. Like, naturally sourced, I guess you could call it organic if you want. Um, it's an antioxidant. Your body produces it. Um just on its own, so a lot of these supplements are, you know, exactly what the definition of supplement is. They are in addition to something that may already be in your body, or something that you are not consuming that maybe you would consume, like supplementing um, the vitamins and proteins and meat with um, something else. So, you know, COQ10, it decreases as you age, it's important to, or it could be important with consultation of your physician, to supplement that to protect your heart. So, it is FDA approved, that is a plus on Young Living, um, I just gave little snaps for them, um, but the thing is, is although it's generally safe and FDA approved, um, it could have interactions with anticoagulants and increase your risk of a blood clot. So when a company, especially one that kind of like sells essential oils, um, is kind of selling and marketing this product that could potentially have serious interactions with um, the medication that people would be taking the supplement for, like old people taking blood thinners, um, I, I, I just think it's important to know, and, and like I said, like a red flag of this company, um, you know, employing people and promoting their products, um, without the proper knowledge. So with that, let's get into a little bit of hot water, um, that Young Living got into, despite their many health claims database, um, on truth and advertising about false advertising claims, the real maliciousness comes in Caitlin Tiffany's article. Caitlin Tiffany did an amazing job, like going through and really delving deep into um, basically what she found was that people who were really active and really popular within the multi-level marketing community would also be promoting these really kind of like crazy. Um, conspiracy theories that connected back to QAnon. So although not all of them were necessarily, um, you know, like, listen to the QAnon, like, celebrities are, like, all evil, well, it wasn't necessarily something inflammatory like that. She was still posting to, you know, thousands of followers about how, you know, masks are mind control. Well, I guess that is actually a pretty serious one. But, the thing that I have trouble with, um, and something that I talked to uh, Caitlin about, was the fact that these people seem to have good intentions. Like, a lot of the posts are about child trafficking, a lot of the posts are trying to spread awareness with the intent of making America and the world a better place, but it's just really dangerous when they're ill-informed and 
one of the most interesting things about Caitlin's work is that it says Young Living has not endorsed QAnon in any way, but it doesn't appear eager to stop its biggest stars from endorsing it. I'm reading this directly from um, Caitlin's article, by the way. As a company, we do not have the right to censor the personal, political, religious views or opinions of our independent distributors, employees, or customers unless it is directly related to Young Living. That creates a huge problem. So you can jump over to the Truth in Advertising page, and you can see these false health claims. The company, by saying this and denying their QAnon claims, that means that they're allowed to deny any kind of association with the false advertising going on on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, face-to-face -face contact, and it's really dangerous. It can really impact someone's health. It can impact someone's mental health who's, you know, going through something like what they're claiming to cure, like cancer, which there is on Truth in Advertising a claim that Young Living products do cure cancer. Uh, going through something as difficult as that and then, you know, finding a community that's, like, in theory supportive and offering this grand cure, you know, the disappointment that comes after that is also a toll that, um, you know, in the loss of finances, I just think there's a lot more than, um, than meets the eye with a lot of these companies and that people need to be aware of what they're getting into and also what they're selling. And I think that, um, Companies like Young Living, while I do think it is a bit more admirable that they are somewhat using products registered by the FDA, they still have a very internalized source of information being flown between um, ambassadors slash members and people who actually represent the company and the general public. And it also includes um, conspiracy theories that could lead people down a really misinformed and dangerous road. Um, when people have large audiences because their business relies on being promoted by social media, you get to a point where, as a company that, whether you own your own business or not, I mean, I think by this podcast episode we've established that these companies don't actually offer you a chance to own your own business. I mean, if you did, you wouldn't be reporting to someone. And I guess what I'm trying to say is that um, despite all this, the, these companies rely on networking and even promote it, like network marketing, direct selling. You rely on the communication aspect in social media. These posts get blasted everywhere um, on very public forums to where anybody can reach it, kind of of any age, just anyone browsing these social media sites and gets and comes across this kind of thing are met with potentially, you know, QAnon conspiracy theories and, you know, bold claims that expensive products, like, can cure your Ebola. Sorry, I just keep throwing out random ones, but really the list is just kind of depressing, like, how much um, they claim to cure. Back to the subject. <laughs> so at this point, let's get straight into Caitlin and I's interview. Um, as the episode wraps up, just a reminder, everything's on my website if you want to follow along. 
Um, under the resources section, it's more extras, visuals, pictures, um, supplemental information, and then the works cited page is um, sources that are directly mentioned in this episode. So thanks so much for listening and enjoy our interview. So I was reading this article, especially like the um, this article will change your life, and it seems like these companies kind of like use this like free speech blanket whether they say it or not to kind of like justify their ambassadors or their reps like saying all these kind of like crazy things um and I think like right now I'm I'm from the south I'm from Alabama so like it's like a really conservative area obviously and so I feel like I've been like having a lot of really tough conversations about like PC culture and like censoring and like the press you know because it's everyone down there is like really hot about that I guess um and so I was wondering like I guess if you were like a multi-level marketing scheme company or any company like this like how would you handle this kind of PR issue like I I don't know I was just wondering like you know, I, I saw that you called, like, the representatives for Young Life, and, like, I was just wondering what would you have rather them said, or, like, what do you think the action should have been? I mean, um, I don't know what I would do if I were in charge of a <laughs> marketing company, because I would never want to be uh, Right, like, <laughs> tricky question. Um, but in general, I think, like, I wasn't surprised by that response, and um, I don't think that it's was dishonest necessarily but um I think it's like sort of I guess like fundamental to the multi-level marketing business plan that they have these huge distributor networks that they aren't that they can claim like plausible deniability um and say like you know we're not responsible for every single thing they say um because we have millions of distributors and they're independent distributors and they're not employees and so like we're, we're not responsible for this. Like, that part of the business plan is is necessary in order to sell these products because, like, the products are garbage. Like, if, <laughs> if they were good, then you wouldn't need to sell them this way. Yeah. And they sort of need that kind of, like, um, yeah, that plausible deniability to be mm-hmm. like, well, you know, Young Living doesn't claim that essential oils can cure COVID. And our distributors shouldn't be saying that. Yeah. But we can't necessarily keep track of every single thing they say. And so then similarly with like with the QAnon stuff, there's they kind of had the same line of reasoning, which is like we can't tell them what to say. Yeah. Um and like I don't think that I think that's valid. Like I don't think it is really reasonable for a company to be responsible for like millions of distributors political speech but at the same time like that arrangement only exists because they need it in order to like sell this like snake oil basically so like that's like the root of the problem yeah that's interesting that was actually like my next question for you like word for word I have written down like what do you think the root of the issue is like the MLM structure or like kind of like the basis that the company was founded but that's exactly kind of what I was looking for um but yeah that's interesting um, but I was also, I was also wondering, like, when you have these, and, and I, I kind of, like, noticed in your article, like, it's a lot of these higher ups, and, like, people that are, like, really, um, you know, ranked well, like, within the pyramid structure, I guess, um, mm. like, what do you think they gain from, like, following these ideologies, other than, like, 
I, I guess, like, more progressive, like, conspiracy theories in a way, or just, like, you know, following these, like, ideologies instead of, you know, I guess, facts <laughs> in logic? Um, well, I mean, like, do you mean, like, QAnon specifically, or what kind of ideologies? Yeah, well, I guess specifically, like, um, while talking to you, like, QAnon, um, because... It just, it just seems like to me, I, I'm just kind of like curious. I, I looked through a couple of like the Instagram stories this morning of people that have like, you know, the highlights for like trafficking and stuff like that. And like, it just doesn't seem like they have anything to like gain by promoting this besides like coming at this angle that they're a mom and protecting their children. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I was just kind of like wondering... Like, did you find anything that would, like, give them an additional incentive to, like, care about, like, QAnon and that kind of, like, like, subscribing to that, um, I guess, you know, whatever they're pushing, um, instead of, like, I don't know, looking up, like, or whoever, like, would have accurate statistics on, like, human trafficking. Like, what's, what's the, I don't know, I just, I'm confused as to why people would follow this instead of this and what the connection is between that yeah well first of all I think like um a lot of these a lot of the political leanings amongst these um like MLM influencers I guess are similar and they they are they come from groups that are really coordinated on social media and actively like recruiting and actively like sanitizing things so that they spread better through these networks so I guess I'm like specifically thinking of like anti-vax sentiment which has been pushed on Instagram for years and a lot Mm -hmm. of them are invested in that and then um, as you mentioned like child trafficking um, one thing that I found in reporting this story was that a lot of the women didn't explicitly understand the connection between um, the child trafficking conspiracy theories in QAnon, um, Mm -hmm. or they only knew bits and pieces of the theories, they only, or they only even, they only even were promoting, you know, that there's that one organization, Operation Underground Railroad, which, like, if you didn't bother to do any research on it, it would just kind of seem like your basic non-profit, um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, um, child trafficking is a, like, real issue, just not in the way that that organization understands it or that QAnon understands it. So I think, like, the incentive to post about it is this incentive to post about anything on Instagram, which is attention. Like, those things receive a lot of positive attention. Um, And, you know, these people know their audiences really well, so presumably they know, like, oh, you know, I'm followed by a lot of women who um, who are moms and women who have, like, perhaps, like, beliefs slightly outside, um, the norm in terms of, like, vaccines or, um, political views, and, like, I think they also benefit a lot from this whole, like, Instagram doesn't want me to say this, but I'm gonna say it anyway because, like, you guys deserve to know the truth, um, and we're, like, finding the truth together, it's really, like, a community-creating, um, tactic, um, and yeah, I think that they've spent like years developing these really devoted audiences who really trust them to explain like 
how to be a wife and mother and businesswoman um, and Christian, a lot of cases. Um, And then this just becomes, like, another thing they can trust them on. Um, And simultaneously, like, you know, five years ago on Instagram, it would have been pretty promoted for influencers to talk about politics at all. But there was this, like, kind of weird, um, you know, like, I guess, like, revolution of of prioritizing, like, authenticity and, and getting real and, like, sharing your truth on Instagram. And um, a lot of influencers really ran with that in this direction where they speak in terms of personal narrative. Like, as a mom, like, this is why I really care about this. Like, I heard this anecdote about this human trafficking incident, and that woke me up as a mom and I'm sure like all the other moms that follow me would want to know about this. Like, um, I think it fits really well in that framework, which is super popular now, even regardless of political ideology. Yeah. It's crazy. Like you keep on like answering my follow-up questions. Like every time you say something, (laughs) cause like I, in your other article, like the, the one, um, I guess specifically about Instagram and like making conspiracy theories beautiful. It said that like the factors are kind of the, like in general, like people are poor, so they're looking for like business opportunities. And social media has expanded in an insane amount within the last three years, one year, five years, I guess, in my opinion. But like, do you think there's like any other factors at play that kind of like make this a really complicated issue and so much harder to tackle? You know? Yeah. Um, I guess one thing I've been thinking about lately, um, just in general, I'm really interested in like why women participate in conspiracy beliefs and um, you know, QAnon and child trafficking has been a huge one that's gotten a lot of attention. But um uh, about a year ago I wrote about like women on Tumblr who are really obsessed with like celebrities allegedly faking their pregnancies. Um, and something I noticed there was that like a lot of these women speak about conspiracy theories in terms of, like, you know, like, finding empowerment through them. Like, I thought I was, like, basically, I thought I was so dumb. I thought I was just, like, a housewife with nothing to offer. And then I learned about this horrible, dark secret, and I did all this research, and I'm bringing it to light, and I'm contributing to the world, and now I, I have, like, have so much more self-worth. Like, um, so that's something that I think came up for sure in the child trafficking as well. And then um, I was actually reading about um, some women who wrote like JFK assassination conspiracy theories in the sixties and seventies. And they used a lot of the same language, like saying, yeah, I was just a silly housewife, but I'm a mother and I need to understand the world around me. So I started reading the, the newspaper every day and I started you know, digging into things and looking for my own answers. I think, like, a lot of, um, a lot of women who are getting into this are, like, yeah, coming from a place of, of wanting some kind of advanced purpose in life, I guess. Um, and that is really interesting to me. I don't have, like, a great theory of it yet because I don't want it to be reductive, you know? Um, but I do think that there is something to the way that, like, in the last five, ten years, like, feminism has really been watered down to this, like, generic kind of, like, girl power, girl boss um, rhetoric that even even conservatives are, are interested in. Mm-hmm. And it seems like you see, I see a lot of 
a lot of women like justifying their conspiratorial beliefs by by positioning it that way and like inviting other women to see it that way too yeah that's yeah that's really interesting because like another kind of like angle I guess if I read the um I guess more descriptive purpose of my podcast rather than the sales pitch is like I'm kind of looking at like how this multi-level marketing scheme kind of overall problem in America is targeting women and like what it means to like be a woman like trying to navigate your health and wellness and having all these so like that's actually like I don't know like really interesting because it feels like it feels like kind of all connected like these companies like target they seem to target like women wanting purpose if that makes sense I guess like yeah in a broad sense so yeah like that's that's really interesting and it makes me think but I I also wanted to ask I guess along the same lines of like what you said earlier about um like the incentive um about like these women kind of like coming from you know like not really knowing that their uh message is like necessarily like as harmful as it is I guess um and it seems like a lot of these women are like kind of like tricked like again and again you know either by like these multi-level marketing schemes like claiming that they can cure like all of these you know uncurable medical things or like just like QAnon like saying like false you know narratives and statistics about something like human trafficking like when I was looking at the kind of like yeah when you were saying like the organization that that one woman supported where she was didn't really know like under it doesn't look like as harmful as it is. So all that being said, like, it seems like a lot of Q and Q adjacent things seem to have ties to like random organizations and movements that kind of just get like picked up and like diluted so much that it's hard to tell where it comes from. So do you have any like advice for someone who uses social media and is on the internet, which is I think most people in the world of like, kind of like detecting these red flags, even if like the information is diluted from like the harmful source. Yeah, I mean, like to be clear about it, like yeah, Operation Underground Railroad, like if if the way that you're receiving information about it is on Instagram from women whose accounts you like and whose like voices you trust, like it's not gonna seem like anything bad, Mm -hmm. but like the fact is if you bothered to look it up, yeah. It would be easy to find that information. Okay. I think what's happening is that, like, you know, like, these, like, people are getting stuck in these kind of, like, information silos where they're only consuming information that's reposted by their friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and then that leads them on probably, like, searches that are not well-guided. So, like, for example, if I were really obsessed with this idea that there is, like, Um, I was just talking to a woman the other day, for example, who was talking about how there's, like, an epidemic of child trafficking happening in Florida right now. Like, if that were something that I really was seeing on Instagram and thought was happening, and I went and searched, like, child trafficking epidemic Florida, like, (laughs) you know, like, information is going to come up to support that belief. Like, there's not going to be a New York Times article saying there is no child trafficking (laughs) epidemic in Florida, <laughs> like, it's, it's going to just, like, lead you down the rabbit hole, so I think that's what's happening a lot of the time, and also, you know, conspiracy theories are really self-sealing, and they 
they don't respond to contradiction. So if you were really devoted to Operation Underground Railroad, I actually, like, was talking to a few people last week about this, too, and I said, like, I was talking to specifically, like, small business owners who Mm -hmm. had been donating, like, portions of their proceeds to Operation Underground Railroad, and, like, in seemingly, like, a well-intentioned way, like, they just thought it was a human uh, trafficking organization that was very legit, and I asked them, like, have you seen all of this reporting about, like, what this organization really is, and they'll basically respond, like, well, that's, you know, that publication is just, like, like, leftist propaganda, whatever, like, yeah, um, or, you know, a lot of them that I reach out to just say, like, I would never talk to the Atlantic, so, like, there's just, like, kind of, like, I think this, like, yeah, like, self-created silo where only certain kinds of media is even, like, permissible, Mm -hmm. and um, the rest of it just, like, bounces off. Um, So you do have to, like, self-select into that to a degree, and and, and willfully participate in that to a degree, even though, like, these women don't consciously know that they're supporting... um, you know, a conspiracy conspiracy theory that advocates, like, mass murder of, of politicians. Um, I think, like, we also have to be careful not to, like, condescend to them too much because they're, like, adults who, yeah. um, who chose to go down this path. Yeah. I'm wondering if there's another space that operates like these companies where you just have, like, very little accountability but a very large... Um, hierarchy structure like are there any other kind of like spaces that you kind of like see that could um, kind of like help play into the all the mess that (laughs) mess is so generic but like all this mess that like multi-level marketing companies are like promoting right now um, I mean, I think multi-level marketing is, like, pretty unique, but yeah. at the same time, like, all bureaucracy has, like, sort of this potential <laughs> for abuse, you know? Um, I was just reading, um, Barbara Ehrenreich has this great book that came out right after the recession in 2009, um, called Brightsided, which, um, is about basically how in the early 2000s, as, like, you know, large corporations were doing better and better, they sort of started promoting like all of this like positive thinking and team building and like charismatic CEO who like follows his gut and and disrupts the marketplace and changes the world or whatever and that and like she basically argued like that contributed significantly to the financial crisis because like people who spoke up and said I think something's going wrong here were basically told like oh you're just you're like a downer you're not like a team player Mm -hmm. like where everything's going up and up and up. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I think, like, that that definitely is still an issue. Like, just the way that work is organized in the United States in general um, is very, it's, it's, like, there are these enormous structures in which people at the top have, like, very little accountability for the way that they're, philosophies, um, like, trickle down through the ranks and, and the way that, in order to keep your job or to stay successful, you have to, like, sort of adopt these philosophies as your own um, to get along. Um, I think it's, like, really exacerbated by the MLM format, but it's definitely just, like, a fact of American life as well. Yeah. It's interesting. I, It's, like, everything ties together. I don't know. There's so many, like, butterfly effects, I feel like, with this kind of thing. Uh-huh. 
Um, yeah, yeah. For, like, there's, I'm writing about an MLM right now that, um, you know, the leader talks a lot about the law of attraction. Okay. And, um, you know, money is energy and you draw money to you by having, like, a high vibrational energy yourself. And it's just, like, crazy how far back that, that goes. Like, that goes all the way back to, like, the Christian science movement in the 1860s. <laughs> yeah. Like, America's just a weird place. <laughs> America is a weird place. Do you, I know that these companies are international a lot of times, especially the really big ones. I know Arbon specifically is what I'm thinking of, just like has like a pretty large audience in like Australia and Europe. Do, have you noticed like this kind of behavior through the international portion of the MLMs? Or is it oh, kind yeah. of this weird American like thing? Like QAnon has spread like pretty significantly um it had spread pretty significantly in europe Mm. um but i know it has spread actually like probably most significantly in australia there's actually um what's david farrier a reporter who lives in new zealand i believe who's been right he has a newsletter that's kind of specifically about american conspiracy beliefs that have been that have really taken root in Australia and New Zealand over the course of the last year. Um, that would be, it's called Webworm, I think, his newsletter, um, if okay. you're interested in that, because it's really, it's really interesting. And, and he also talks kind of specifically about, um, like, Instagram influencers um, picking that up uh, and starting to promote it in Australia. And then um, the MLM I'm writing about right now, they are not, like, super big into conspiracy theories, but there's a lot of COVID denialism, oh. and um, and that seems to be big in amongst, like, the... They have a lot of Australian women in that group, too, and they seem to be, um, like, really yeah heavy into that. <laughs> yeah, I know you kind of, like, said this earlier, but I guess to more explicitly ask, um, do you think that this is like kind of a a recent explosion or or something that's been building up for a while i know i just learned the term in like an econ class i don't know why i can't think of it but like you know what i mean like do you think this is something that's like i don't know like we should have not should have seen it coming but like i don't know like do you think it's like a sudden thing you know ever since like trump got elected president you know there's this like you know huge I guess, market for conspiracies and MLM kind of businesses? Or is it, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm wondering, like, on Instagram, like, five years ago, like, would, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I certainly, like, QAnon being part of these kinds of mm-hmm. circles is really recent. That yeah. definitely started at the beginning of the pandemic with the Wayfair conspiracy theory. Um, like, I, I think that is recent. Mm-hmm. Um as far as, like, I don't know, I to say exactly when anything started, yeah. like, I don't know if it's directly tied to Trump. I think, like, um, as I, like, as I mentioned, like, anti-vaxxers were huge on Instagram starting in, like, 2013, 2014. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of these communities that consider themselves, like, you know, like, wellness or, or parenting adjacent were really primed to be receptive to alternative narratives because of their participation or sympathy to anti-vaxxing, like, uh, influencers or just, like, beliefs. Mm -hmm. So I think that really, I think you could really trace a lot of it back to that. Um, 
and then like I think that was really a way in for a lot of a lot of women to Mm -hmm. some of the more like wild (laughs) stuff that we're seeing now yeah I I have a bit of like a personal opinion question that I don't really even think relates to my podcast but like I was looking this morning through a bunch of like I guess people I don't know I got I got through to one Instagram account through your article and then looked at the people she follows and found this other person through there. So she's, someone asked like on their Instagram, you know, question thing, like, what do you think about like vaccines or like, how do you, you know, do this with vaccines? And she was like, oh, like our family's like very medically pro-choice. Like we believe, you know, we've done the research and like done this and stuff like that. And it was a very kind of like, political answer of like you should be able to choose the medical you know the the classic anti-vax argument but Mm -hmm. a lot of these women are like pro-choice for vax and like somehow the pro-choice mentality doesn't apply to something like abortion so I'm just wondering like what do you like what do you think about this kind of like discrepancy in the pro-choice ideology of medicine when it like suits your narrative yeah that's interesting it's like yeah one of the women that I was following when I was reporting that story is super into vaccine choice and like very adamantly anti-abortion which is I thought like a little bit uncommon I honestly didn't see a ton of of these people like talking about abortion that much maybe they were just distracted by the child trafficking issue (laughs) um but, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I think, like, um, perhaps, like, when they're talking about choice in regards to vaccines, they see that as a personal choice that affects them, whereas, like, abortion is generally, like, other women choosing to, quote-unquote, murder their babies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it is just sort of, like, the classic hypocrisy of like (laughs) I care about choice when it when it's about me and about other people so that was our interview um I learned so much I hope you did too she was great go look at her articles um in the Atlantic her name's Caitlin Tiffany uh she's on Twitter too uh where her articles are linked if that's easiest to find her um thanks again Caitlin and I hope you enjoyed the episode